Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday night refuel. Today, the 3rd of September, and I want to thank you so much for taking time out to be with us this evening. This is both good for you and it's good for the church because we stop to pray, we stop to look into God's word, we become stronger, and because we are stronger, the church is stronger. So it's not always uh, an only personal um, uh, benefit. It's always, always, every time a member of the church is getting stronger, the church itself is getting stronger. So I'm so glad about that. And nice to have you join us from all over the place. And I hope that and as you pray through this day and for the next 24 hours, many will uh, listen to what we are discussing today. Today we're looking at the question, uh, sometimes I'm high, sometimes I'm low. Uh, why? What can I do to be more consistent? Is it normal? Is there something wrong uh, with me? Um, people struggle with guilt. People struggle with... Um, just feeling like uh, either their salvation is in question or their walk is in question or they, they are distanced from God. I want to address that this evening and uh, answer that question. Uh, good evening, everyone. Those of you who are kindly saying good evening, thank you so much for joining us. Let me say a word of prayer as we begin this evening. Let's tune our hearts, tune our thoughts, every, sing every single one of us. We're tired. The week has been tough. Uh, there's been so much happening all around us. Let's be. Uh, let's go to God in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much that you are a God. As we lift our eyes to heaven, Lord, we are reminded that you are on the throne and the throne that is in heaven, not on earth. You cannot be dethroned, you cannot be challenged, and you cannot be. Uh, uh, you cannot be questioned, Father. You are sovereign. You are matchless, and you are worthy of our worship. You are lifted high above the heavens, the world. The universe is spread out like a mat under your feet, the psalmist says. You measure the, the, the universe with the, with the span of your hand, O oh God. Uh, you are great, you are, you are exalted, and you are mighty. Your words are worthy of, of obedience. Your presence is worthy of worship. Lord, you are a gracious and loving God, slow to, com uh, to anger, quick to compassion, always ready to hear. Your ears are inclined towards those who uh, have a cry in their heart. You bind up uh, the brokenhearted and you, uh, you bind their wounds up, Lord, and you heal uh, those who are sick. You are watchful over those who, who seek you and, who, uh, and who, whose eyes are on you. You know uh, when a heart is far from you, you know when a heart is drawing near to you. You are constantly aware of the heartbeat and the cries of your people. There is nothing that you do not hear, you do not see, that you do not know. You are always thinking about us. Your thoughts towards us are like the sand of the sea. You, Father in heaven, are the one who loves us with an everlasting love. You are the one who draws us with a long hand and you bring us back into your own uh, into your own presence. Father, no matter how cold we get, or no matter how far we run, you bring us back. Your arm is not the arm of the law, but the arm of love. And it draws us back into your presence, into your sweet embrace. A day in your uh, courts is better than a thousand elsewhere, oh God. I would rather uh, come running into, the, into your presence, into your courts, Lord, no matter what it, it, it entails. But uh, I'd rather be there than anywhere else. Father, it, was, it, was, it brought joy to my heart when they said, come, let us go into the, into the uh, presence of the Lord. Uh, 
We will enter your, your gates with praise, with thanksgiving. We will enter your courts with praise. Lord, we will be thankful and we will bless your holy name. For you are our God and no one else. You have looked kindly upon us. You have called us from the four ends of the earth and you have made us your own people. Once upon a time, we were not a people, but now we are a people and you have made us your very own. We are a peculiar people, a special people called out unto yourself. Lord, every promise in the book is ours. Every promise in the book, Lord, is ours. Ours for the keeping. Your yes is yes in the name of Jesus. Your yes is all is, is for us. And you have given us wide access into, into the presence of God. You have torn the veil of the temple. In heaven, you have torn the veil of the temple. And you have, you have drawn open the, the windows, the, the curtains of heaven, Lord, so that we may come rushing into the holiest of holies. The, the author of Hebrews says, come boldly. Come boldly. There is no judgment there is no pointed fingers. There is no book of the law that's going to be opened. When we come into the presence of God, we come as children. We come as forgiven. We come as, as loved, as called people of God. We come as those who have been bought by a dear price. We come as those who are wanted, those who are desired, those who belong. This is the heritage of the saints. This is the heritage of the family of God. And thus we are. You have called us your own. And we thank you for that, Lord. Father, sometimes we are high in our spirits and we are close to you and we feel like worshipping and dancing. We feel like uh, uh, spending time in your word and we are drawn to the things of God and we are hungry for the word of God. And there are seasons, Lord, when we become dry, when, uh, when our excitement wanes, when we, when we grow weary and we, we, we become, we become uh, tired of just about everything. And it's not personal. It's not that we don't love you anymore, but we don't understand why we do have those seasons. And Lord, I pray that you would, in those seasons, carry us, carry us. When we are active and when we are energetic, Lord, Allow us to see the, the joy of the Spirit. And when we are tired and when we are weary and when, we're, when we are spent, carry us that we may know the strength of the Spirit. Father in heaven, I ask that you open our eyes and our hearts this evening. And as we think on these things, Lord, that we would know that you love us and that there is nothing, nothing can take us, uh, come in the way of your love. Nothing can take us away from your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. People often wonder why we go through times where we are so on fire for God. and There's just so much of excitement. There's, you know, you feel the joy of the Spirit. You, you feel like worshipping. You know, you can think of things to praise God. And you're on a high. You're on a spiritual high. This goes on for a few days. And then uh, before you know what, suddenly you have this week that, that or these few days or perhaps even a month where we go through very dry periods. I want to begin by saying that that's absolutely normal. It's absolutely normal. Everybody goes through that. Jonah, my gosh, did he go through that. Jonah went through that. Elijah was a depressed, angry prophet. He went through that. Uh, probably Jesus is the only one who didn't go through depression, and there's a good reason for that. Um, and he didn't he didn't go through um, anxiety and stress that, and that was 
uh, very much because he is God himself and that he his relationship with God the Father was intact and unbroken fellowship till the point that he took my sin on himself. Till that time, he was absolutely flawlessly in sync with the Father. So he did not struggle with that. But every other person who was born of sin uh, has struggled with that. We have angry people in the Bible. We have depressed people. We have... Uh, you know, schizophrenic people and those with mental illnesses and 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 personality disorders. We have people who who just got so tired and fatigued. We had people who just ran from because of fear. It is normal. It is normal, but it is not necessary. It is normal, but it is not necessary. We have the hot days and we have the cold days. We we have the highs and we have the lows. They will come and they will go. What causes them? What causes those days? There are so many things that come in our way. Sometimes uh, there's been an extra period of or, or source of, of encouragement and things are going well our way. Uh, there's been, uh, you know, you're able to tackle, you're on top of things. And because of that, you also feel spiritually strong. In the days that you are physically fatigued, physically weak, uh, whether a woman is going through what she goes through or a man is struggling with juggling too much, too much, too much stress from his work or whatever, or he's struggling between home and, and work and his wife is not supporting uh, him or is, is, has uh, leveraged uh, her love for him uh, because of whatever reasons. Those are, those are tough times. And that usually lands up being a spiritual battle as well, a spiritual wilderness experience as well uh, there are concerns about spiritual life and when, when whenever you have major concerns when you start uh, dwelling on, on on concerns on on things that you are worried about you can lose your joy you can lose uh, and you can go into a dry period because of that um, when you have uh, when you have sin in your life and when you have uh, something that's not right in the sight of God whether it's a thought whether it's a feeling or whether it's an action those are the three levels and the three stages of a sin. First, you have a thought. A thought gives uh, gives birth to uh, feelings, and the feelings give birth to an action. Action always follows a feeling. Feeling follows a thought. It always begins with the mind. So there are consequences to that sin, and that those consequences also could probably contribute. What are we saying? It's normal. What are we also saying? It's not necessary. We can hang on. We can hang in there. So I want to go straight into the remedy, into the, 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 the answer, the solution. What keeps you going? What keeps you going is discipline and habit. Okay? How, how can you stay spiritual in a material world? I repeat, how can you stay spiritual, spiritually strong in a material world, in a physical world, in a... In a uh, in a carnal world, okay? Number one is discipline and number two is habits. But what I want to just share with you this evening is four things, if you're taking notes, four things and four areas. And tonight is not quite a Bible study, but it's all about the Bible, okay? Uh, write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, number one, it's habits, habits. What keeps you going in a spiritual, spiritually in a, in a, in a material world is discipline and habits. Number one is habits. The number one prevention from growing cold or going far, growing cold or going far is spiritual habits that we stick to no matter what. 
Okay, what are we talking about here? We're saying that we're saying that many people run their spiritual life based on how they're feeling, uh, based on how things are going, based on how prayer is being answered. So there are days that they're very high and the days that they're very low. And their whole spiritual life seems to be spikes of highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows. And that can be very frustrating. It can be very, uh, it can be very tiring. It can also raise a lot of questions as to, you know, one day, you know, you've got one foot in heaven, you know, you, God is on your side. The next day, God has forgotten me. I don't know where, where I stand. You know, there could be two extremes or, 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 or whatever. When you go through those spikes or when you go through long periods of dryness, and that's normal, that happens, but it's not necessary. What's going to keep you going is habits. If you have certain habits in place and those habits are disciplines, spiritual disciplines, knowing that you will go through these seasons guarantees that you don't depend on the high, the high of a worship time, the high of a good message, the high, H-I-G-H, high, the high of a a spiritual friend, the high of of everything going well, the high of all answers, prayers being answered in in a row like a hat trick. Uh, you, there are those times and there are times when that doesn't happen. But when you have habits in place, you are guarding yourself from letting that happen because it will come. It will come. That is why we talk about spiritual disciplines. That is why we are we teach our children to read the Bible every day and pray. We teach spiritual disciplines so that we know that in the moment when in those long periods of dryness where they don't have the faith endurance to reach the other side it is their their habit uh, that will keep them going so the number one prevention from growing cold or going far is spiritual habits that's that we stick to no matter what whether you feel like it whether you don't feel like feel like it until you feel like it we stick to it one habit is prayer one habit is prayer. Now, listen, in any relationship, feeling close to someone begins and ends with how much you speak directly to them. If you've been talking to somebody directly, you feel close to them. If you haven't spoken for a while, you feel far from them. And you feel, I need to call that person. I need to catch up with that person. You don't know what they're thinking. You don't know if they're thinking about you. And the ability to go a long time without talking, listen to this, the ability to go a long time without talking, it indicates a lack of commitment to that relationship or a lack of love for that individual. Can I repeat that? It indicates a lack of love for that individual or a lack of commitment to that relationship. That's why you don't care to talk. If you care about the relationship and if you care about the person, you will talk. Even if they're upset with you, even if they've got a big six o'clock face, you'll go and sit in front of them. You'll take the hit and you'll wait for them to for, wait for them to melt a little bit. You see what I'm saying? So prayer is talking to God and talking uh, uh, communication in a relationship is vital to how you feel about that relationship. So a spiritual low can be very much, uh, it can be remedied by prayer itself. But if you have a habit of prayer, then you will not fall out of prayer. 
if you leave prayer to only when you feel like praying, I repeat, if you leave prayer to only when you feel like praying, you'll feel less and less like praying. But when you habitually pray as a standard, as a, as a discipline, as a commitment, as a vested interest, uh, investment into the relationship, then when you feel like praying or when you don't feel like praying, you will still feel close to God. You still feel uh, a spiritual strength. But let me say this while we're on this topic. Don't look for a spiritual high. Highs will come and highs will go. Lows will come and lows will go. Both will come and both will go. But neither is an accurate reflection of the real status of you and God. It is not. Neither is a good status. I mean, sometimes you feel romantic. Sometimes you don't feel romantic. That doesn't touch the marriage. That doesn't touch the, the commitment, the relationship. The relationship is built on talking. The relationship is built on promise, on vows. The relationship is built on, on an understanding. So that understanding, which is truth and theology, truth and theology, that doesn't change. That doesn't change. So when we know that what, uh, what that our relationship is built on a truth and not how I feel, I repeat, when we know our relationship is built on a truth and not how I feel, I can feel a little bit more relaxed because what I'm feeling, I can, I, I can, uh, uh, what's the right word? What, what I'm feeling, I can dismiss. I can gladly dismiss. Are you feeling far from God? Dismiss it. You're not far from God. He's right there. Are you feeling uh, like you've like you've lost God's love or lost his his uh, his approval? Uh, dismiss it. it. It's not true. He's right there. He's with you. He's loved you with an everlasting love. He's he, he's he's for you, not against you. He's inside you, and he's 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 got you backed up. Okay, you see, you see what I mean. Feelings can be dismissed. So should I dismiss high feelings, feelings of 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 uh, uh, euphoria, feelings of extra, uh, you know, uh, excitement? No, you don't dismiss them, but don't ride on them. Don't ride on them. Uh, here, some segments of society and Christian society tend to think that if you are walking with God, you'll always be on a spiritual high. You know. All highs are felt in the body. They have, they felt carnally. They felt in this in this physical experience. So the physical experience was never meant to be uh, a barometer or a, or a or a thermometer for for your spiritual reality. So we need to be careful about that. Go back to talking. Talking in a relationship indicates where the relationship stands. And when the more you talk, the more you uh, feel we're okay. You know what the other person is thinking. Prayer is that talking. And talking both in relationships to anybody and especially with God needs to be in habit, in habit. If you don't, uh, if you pray when you feel like it, more often than not, you won't feel like it. If you pray because of habit, more often than not, you will feel like praying. The second thing is reading and studying. I distinguish, I distinct it, uh, I distinguish between the two. Reading the Bible is just reading a letter. It's just reading a novel. It's reading reading a story. It's reading an account. It's reminding yourself of the words of what Jesus has said, what God has said, what has happened, how people have done. But Bible study is asking God to reveal greater truth, deeper truth, inner truth. It is taking the word of God apart and wanting a deeper understanding of the person of God, the character of God, the presence of God, the holiness of God, and the, the, the plans of God. Bible study is to get to know God. 
Bible reading is to get to be with God. Bible reading is to get to be with God. Bible study is to get to know God. And when you do this as a habit, you are sure in your heart that you are standing strong. And that that anchorage, that that uh, that those rivets that nail you to the uh, to the presence of God uh, will will be your surety. And the highs will come, and the lows will come, and you dismiss it. You dismiss the highs and the lows as great. It happened, no problem. Oh, I'm feeling low right now. Maybe this is what I need to do. Dismiss it. But it doesn't affect truth. It doesn't affect uh, theology. So the habit will get you through. So habit will carry you through, no matter what the situation. The second thing, second word for you this evening is embers. Write down the word embers. E-M-B-E-R-S. Embers. Embers is a singular coal in in the in the coal fire you, you know whether you have a campfire or you have a bar uh, either from a stove or from from extra paper and fire and kerosene or whatever and then they are brought and other coals are added on to them and these cold black coals catch on fire and once they are all caught on fire uh, once they are heated up they burn bright these are called embers and fellowship often uh, uh, refers to embers, or embers often refers to fellowship, where when we are close to others who are hot, we also become hot. The more we spend time away from those who are excited, those who are enthusiastic, those who are uh, committed, those who are, uh, are driven uh, spiritually, those who are driven, those who are spiritual, uh, the more we will, we will be on fire. So that is why fellowship is so very, very important. I wanted to list fellowship in habits, but I didn't do that. I wanted it to be on its own. Fellowship is a habit, but I want you to understand why it's so important. And the reason it's important is because you will have highs and you will have lows. You will have highs and you will have lows. So you need to be in the bunch of coals with others. And your a coal doesn't heat on its own. It doesn't carry its own heat. It doesn't produce its own heat. It, it, it takes heat from the rest of the fellowship, right? And the fire is the Holy Spirit. So the fire is not going to just heat up one ember. The fire is going to heat up the whole thing. So God has always talked to his people in a corporate sense. He's always asked his people to follow him in a corporate sense. He's asked for fasting and disciplines to be done in a corporate sense. He doesn't ask one person to go off in one direction, all alone, sit on a mountaintop and, and, and meditate. He never tells you to do that. He never tells you to do that. He always says, come together. Come together. When you come together, when you fast together, when you eat together, when you so this is the bang opposite of the way Satan has taken us. He he wants us to be without fellowship. He wants to take that coal and separate it and put it on the side there, far away from the main set of coals and from the where the fire really is. He knows where the fire really is. He's watching all the time and he wants to separate you. And as you separate, you get colder and colder and colder. The word embers comes to mind. Fellowship with other believers allows for their fellow for their faith and enthusiasm to be caught. I repeat, fellowship with other believers allows for their faith and enthusiasm to be caught. C a u g h t. It is not taught; it is caught. It is it, it is contagious. Uh, fellowship breathes spiritual life into one of, into all of us, and that is why God has put 
family together. He has put uh, people together. He has put small groups together. He has always called us in the context of fellowship, even discipleship. When Jesus drew his disciples, he called 12 of them and he spent time with all of them together for a long period of time, for three years. 12 of them were with him. They were with him. All right. Word habits, word embers. The third word, and we're talking solution to the highs and lows of spiritual life. Third word is walking dead. Walking dead. Let me talk about sin for just a minute. Sin results from self-pity and entitlement. Sin results from self-pity and entitlement. I was talking to the disciples uh, last night, uh, Wednesday Bible Fellowship. Sin is the action. Sin is the, is the fall. Sin is what we land up doing. But I want to study the psychology behind why I land up sinning. And the attraction to sin uh, and, the, and, the, and the, you know, the, what is, what, the temptation to sin is there. Okay? So desire meets opportunity. Did you hear that? Desire meets opportunity and then we sin. But there is that moment. There's that moment where desire meets opportunity and the will of God or your will against God can take its place, can take a stand, can take, can make a move. That moment and in that moment when you're staring sin in the face and you're looking at it and you're dwelling on that action or that thought or that emotion, action, thought, emotion, that attitude, you're dwelling on it. In that moment, there are two things that we struggle with. Either we struggle with self-pity, which is why we land up sinning, or we struggle with entitlement, which is why we stand up sinning, land up sinning. Let me explain that. Self-pity is feeling sorry for yourself that you've already been holy for three days now, and you really need to let yourself do at least one sin. Or you haven't used bad language in a long time, and this one, one time you let, you let, you let fly is okay. Or you haven't thought uh, badly about certain people or you haven't, you know, you just, you, you get tired of being good. You get tired. The, the carnal, when you've been doing it in your own strength, when you've been doing it in your own, you get tired of being holy. You get tired of being spiritual. You get a little bored with that. And in that moment, you feel a little self-pity. You feel, why can't I have, what is this? What, 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 what harm would it be? Little bit for me. You, you, you feel a little bit of self-pity. Self-pity is a negative, more weaker version of it. Then you go to the stronger, more confident version of it is entitlement. Hey, I'm entitled to it. I'm entitled to be happy. I'm entitled to, 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 to my hard work. I'm entitled to uh, allowing myself this all, allowing myself that. You know, like, like we talk about cheat days and diet uh, programs, we, we, we have cheat days uh, in our sinful life, uh, in, in our spiritual life. And we think, We've been doing great for a little while and we're a little bored. It's not, it's not showing any reactions. It's not showing any, any fruit. I mean, there seems to be no immediate benefit to being good. I'm being good for nothing. So I, I just, you know, let myself, let my thoughts wander a little bit or I let my attitudes wander a little bit or I let myself lose, let myself fly off the handle, whatever your, your, your poison may be. My point here is either we struggle with entitlement just before we sin or we struggle with self-pity just before we sin. And these two are our trip 
points. These two are our triggers. And once we give in to that and we think, you know what, I deserve it. Or, you know what, I feel so sorry for myself or whatever. And then I slide. I slide and I slide back. When desire meets opportunity and we pause to consider the thoughts rushing through our head are primarily self-pity and entitlement. I deserve it. I deserve it. But here's my point. What is the word? Walking dead, right? Walking dead. Dead people don't have rights. Dead people don't have feelings. If you don't believe me, go, go to a cemetery and talk to one of them. They don't have rights and they don't have feelings. And Paul says in, uh, in his letters, he says, to consider ourselves dead to the flesh. To consider ourselves dead to the flesh. So as not to please the flesh, but be alive to God. So I'm dead to the flesh. You know what dead is. And alive to God, you know what life is. Okay. So when I'm alive, I have an opinion. I have hunger. I have desires. I have, opi- I have uh, 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 prestige issues. I have uh, social issues. I have, you know, uh, pride issues. But when I'm dead, I'm dead. So he says, consider yourself dead to sin. You, if, you, if you consider yourself dead, you won't feel self-pity and you won't feel entitlement because dead people don't feel self-pity and they don't feel entitlement. They don't feel. But dead people don't have rights. Dead people don't have feelings. And he says, give yourself to God. All this to say, a nagging self, a nagging self-pity or a sense of entitlement as you consider a sinful act of practice drains you of joy and intimacy. I'm going to repeat that. A nagging self-pity or sense of entitlement as you consider a sinful act. In the moment as you stare a sin in the face or you're just bored and you and you want something, you want a thrill and a thrill is usually sin. That practice, it drains you of joy and intimacy. Okay, are you with me? So sinful thoughts, when we dwell on a sinful thought, or we dwell or we are adamant about holding on to a sinful attitude, sinful thought, sinful ad- attitude. We will lose our joy. We will lose our high. We will lose our sense of we're walking with God. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. And we will grow cold. You can grow cold faster than you will grow hot for God. You grow cold faster than you grow hot for God. And whatever you've been building up to and working hard for can go like that. Satan can rob you like that. That's why he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God, that's in advance. And resist the devil, that's in the moment. In advance and in the moment. Walking dead, what does that mean? If you want to avoid living on the highs or the lows, and you want to be consistent in your walk with God, you've got to consider yourself dead. Consider yourself dead to the things of the world, the things of the flesh. This is the call of Jesus on your life. What will that, what will that spare you of? It will spare you of self-pity and entitlement in the moment where sin has got you uh, in its grasp. Okay? Let me quickly get you give you one more. I have five minutes more. So the word today is habit, uh, embers, habits, embers, walking dead. And the third one I want you to write down is Sabbath, sleep, and solitude. Sabbath, sleep, and solitude. My dear friend, my dear brother and sister, spiritual life is connected to your physical well-being. You are a, you are a human being. You are a human being. You are always spiritual and you are always physical. Till the day you die, 
you will be physical so your physicality needs to also come in sync with life of the living god your body is the temple of the living god it says your body is a gift that you give to god i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice exercise is good uh diet is good health is good sleep is good and when we look after our bodies our spiritual life actually is better our physical life our physical le- uh, lifestyle really does affect our spiritual life i want to touch on that in three s's okay sabbath sleep and solitude the first one is sabbath sabbath is also by the way a discipline it is a habit it is the habit of taking one day or half a day off but it has to be the same half a day and it has to break your week completely it has to bring your week to a halt uh, and when god had completed all his work he rested god didn't need to rest god can go on and on but he rested and he evaluated everything and he saw that it was good he stopped and then so we have a sense of cycle a sense of rhythm god has uh, built into your into your mind into your heart and into your body even your body over a period of 28 days re- reinstalls a lot of the systems in your body your skin is completely overhauled over 40 days your uh, your 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 brain is is completely overhauled within 2 to 3 months your heart and your organs are cleaned out and and de- detoxed over a, pe- a period of 28 to 40 days there there is science in this and there is spiritual life connected to this there is there is a cycle and we need to respect that cycle when we don't respect that cycle which modern day people do we we go into a problem what is the meaning of sabbath it means to stop star sabbath means to stop it means a break the discipline and habit listen carefully the discipline and habit of bringing creative we're always coming up with ideas and implementing ideas and solutions creative and administrative we're always running things maintaining things uh, fixing things uh, keeping things going organizing managing things creative and administrative activity i repeat the discipline of and habit of bringing creative and administrative activity to a complete halt you bring everything that you're currently doing your life as you know it to a complete halt you breathe in you evaluate you remember that you are a human being not a human doing with no weekends just going on 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 and on like in a rut my father used to quote this often times he says you know what a rut is it's a grave with both the ends knocked out you're in a grave but you just it's just go 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 you can't remember the last time you took a day off you can't remember the last time you breathed you can't remember the last time you stopped and reevaluated and started again your your week never comes to an end and then starts again sometimes your day doesn't come to an end and start again thank god we have to sleep otherwise probably we'll just keep walking straight so breathe and evaluate remember you're a human being not a human doing and begin again sabbath is god's idea for your spiritual life and physical life second is sleep sleep the discipline of going i i'm going to say this again and again and again if you are tired and fatigued your spiritual life will go for a six all your other relationships will also go for a six and you've seen that but your spiritual life will be the first to go for a six unless habits are in place unless these uh, these things are taken care of the discipline of going to bed 
and rising at the same time. I repeat, the discipline of going to bed and rising at the same time, giving your body, listen, giving your body clock, your body clock, the full rest and work cycle it was designed for. It was designed to sleep for a period of time, eight hours, whatever, some for some nine hours, for some seven hours, and then to wake up and to go to sleep at the same time. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And the evening and the morning were the first day. The day started with the evening. It didn't start with the morning. Your day starts with the morning, but God's day started with evening. Evening and the morning were the first day. He starts with rest. He starts with rejuvenation. He starts with, with uh, human uh, uh, growth hormones pumping into every part of you and making sure there's detox happening, waking you up to a bright, uh, solid day. So uh, sleep, the discipline of going to bed and rising at the same time, giving your body clock the full rest and work cycle it was designed for and getting your deep hour sleep, your deep sleep hours, excuse me, getting your deep sleep hours. So most of us sleep for about six to eight hours and some shorter than that. And in that time, there is a certain thing called deep sleep. And that's when you stop dreaming and your, your mind actually rests. And for a fact, for a fact, many of us don't get any deep sleep. We get some sleep. We don't get any deep sleep. Let me prove it to you. Do you feel like you're awake the whole night? Do you feel like you've been dreaming the whole night and you're seeing dreams you see, and you've been busy and you wake up tired? You wake up tired because you just, your mind hasn't gone to sleep. There, you, don't, you haven't had deep sleep. Children are just amazing. Children can have 50%, 60% deep sleep and they wake up bright and cheerful. That's why children should sleep longer and get longer deep sleep. If you love yourself and you love your spiritual life and you love the Lord, you will consider sleep a gift from God and not what we were taught when we were growing up. Wake up, you sleepy head. You're so lazy. Wake up, you sleepy head. You're so lazy. So if waking up early is necessary, then going to sleep early is mandatory. If waking up early is necessary, then going to sleep early is mandatory. Let me tell you one thing. In our world, the last three hours of our day are useless. The last three hours of our day are useless. We don't do anything. Many of us, we can't think, we can't read, we can't do anything with the last two, three hours of our day. Some people are night people and they get work done. But a lot of us just can't. Just go to sleep. Just go to bed, sit in bed, think, read, do whatever and fall asleep. So sleep. And the last word is solitude. Sabbath, sleep and solitude. Every time, every time God ever dealt with a man, his character, his fatigue, his waywardness, his uh, anxiety, his stress, God took him to a solitude place. God took him to a solitary place. Jesus himself made it a habit to go to a solitude place. My, my dear friends, especially men, we need our me time. We need our downtime. We need our walkabout time. Men often went for a walk in the, out in the jungle. They just go for a walk. They think through their stuff and they'd come back and they'd deal with uh, whatever needs to be dealt with. God dealt with men in their, on their walk. He took them out and he took them. Moses to the wilderness. Uh, many of these guys, uh, David, he would be stuck in a cave and God would deal with them. He would meet him there. Uh, Jesus made a habit of it. Lone time, me time, introspection time, meditation, call it what you want. Call it whatever you may. You're basically telling everyone, listen to this, you're basically telling everyone that you're shutting down for a bit. You're shutting down for a bit. Now, this ability to periodically disappear periodically disappear. You can call it meditation. You can uh, People call it everything, but actually it's, you know what, leave me alone. I'm meditating. 
leave me alone. Actually, you're, you're saying me, leave me alone. I want to be alone with my thoughts and I want to, uh, I want to, you know, uh, regroup. So call it what you may, you're basically telling everyone that you're shutting down for a bit and this ability to periodically disappear, defragment, shut down, reboot, find yourself again. Okay, I'm going to use computer terminology here. This ability to periodically disappear, defragment, shut down, reboot, and when the system starts up again, you go looking for your identity, right? You go, your user, you are, it's you, yeah, yeah. Click user and find yourself again. This gives you a, enough recharge and it gives you recollection of who you are and whose you are. I repeat, it gives you enough recharge and recollection of who you are and whose you are. And you have rebooted. You're ready for another day. You're ready for another day. So Sabbath, sleep and solitude. I understand that everything I said today can be argued. But don't try it. Don't, 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 don't knock it until you've tried it. I'm making, a, I'm making two major statements today. I'm saying that highs and lows are normal, but that's not what should be the indication of our spiritual life. Our spiritual life is, is, is wrapped up and it's, it's bound in truth. Okay? And the second thing is that our physical state is often a reason why we feel spiritually low. or uh, So when we look after ourselves physically, when we look after our minds, hearts, and emotions, we are in a better place to be spiritual. We, it really is. It really is. And you need to look after yourself. The biggest themes of spiritual life are sin and fatigue. The biggest themes of spiritual life are sin and fatigue. The greatest, greatest answers are scriptures and sleep. The greatest answers are scriptures and sleep. When you take these two things seriously, you're going to look after your, 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 your uh, uh, guardrails against sin and fatigue. Listen, worship, music, inspirational sermons, all of them are great. They all are great. But it's like keeping you alive. It's like resuscitation. It's like, you know, all clear, boom jumpstart a human being it's it's like they're, they're they're more like sugar you know they give you a spike high but as high as you go the, the the deeper the fall is you know the harder the fall is you know how they say the higher you go the harder the fall it, it, it don't look for highs and don't worry about lows pastor to you don't look for highs and don't worry about lows just walk with god just walk with god we're going to go to heaven and in heaven is going to be an eternal high it's going to be a complete eternal high of joy and bliss forever and ever. But while we're on earth, let's look for that stable in between rock solid being with God. Okay. So our prayer should be for our daily. Our daily prayer should be for our intimacy. Our strength of God. Let me read Psalm 100. Uh, make Psalm 100 says this. Let me read Psalm 100 for you. What a beautiful Psalm. So uh, so reassuring. Psalm 100 says this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and we are his people. We are the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his holy name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness is to all generations make a joyful noise unto the lord go with me to psalm 1 psalm 1 you'll find it in the beginning of psalms 
because that's where they usually keep chapter 1. Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the way of sinners, who sits in the seat of the scornful, for his delight is in the law of the Lord. Remember what I said? Sleep and, uh, and, and, and scripture. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Watch this. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water. A tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. When it's time, in its season. And in all he does, he prospers. Let me do that again. Verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. You get that? His leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. Why am I saying this? It says he shall be like a tree near a river. Always green. Always green. But bearing fruit in the right season. See, there are seasons of highs, seasons of lows. There are there are time. There's time to be productive. There's time to get all spiritual. There's time to just push through, push through. And what's going to get you through? Habits. Habits are going to get you through. Some of the most beautiful songs in the olden days covered the theology of what we talk, what we're talking about. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Isn't that amazing? Nearer, my God, to Thee. Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of busyness. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. See, those songs came out of theology, knowing that you hang close. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Let me read the words for you, okay? And then we'll close, I promise. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. This is by a guy called Kevin Jacobson. Very old song. Since I started for the kingdom, since my life, he controls. Since I gave my heart to Jesus, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven. My heart overflows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Every need he is supplying. Plenteous grace he bestows. Every day my way gets brighter. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven. My heart overflows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Don't look for highs. And don't worry about laws. Know the word. And put habits into place. And think about what I've been saying. I'd love to hear more from you. May the Lord bless you. And keep you. And make his face shine upon you. And give you rest. You are his. You are his sheep. You are his sheep. He will take care of you. Sheep don't. Go after shepherds. Shepherds go after sheep. Shepherds look after sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord bless you. Have a good night.